The second most disorienting part of a hospital bill, aside from the price of the bill itself, are all the codes that detail what you are being charged for. You might see on your bill a CPT or OIG or DRG or ID code paired next to a high price. As a patient, there's no way to really know what those codes mean or how significant they are. And to top it all off, how do we even know if they're accurate? Keep listening as we explore the business of medical coding. This chapter of the book traces the story of Miss W all the way up to her court hearing against the hospital who charged her over $500,000 for a burst blood vessel in her head. Although she expected a write-off for the impossible-to-pay bill, it never happened. The billing department even threatened to take her home, and this was after recommending that she get on a payment plan of $5,000 a month for the next 100 months. But who has $5,000 to spare, let alone every month for the next eight and a half years? While recovering, Miss W. began to investigate. After paying a few thousand dollars and requesting an itemized bill, Miss W received 60 pages worth of misleading and unclear charges. The book states that 19 days worth of hospital room charges were missing. A CAT scan was listed for one day, but many of the other scans never even showed up on the bill. There was an $82,000 charge for outpatient surgery, even though she arrived in a coma. She was charged $12 for two stool softeners. You can buy a bottle of 100 for about $5 at the store. Luckily, Miss W was able to get in contact online with other billers, lawyers, and advocates from around the country. One of them, after reviewing her bill, concluded that the hospital spent about $77,000 total and not $500,000. To all this, we face rule number nine, there are no standards for billing. There's money to be made in billing for anything and everything. One of the things these advocates really wanted from the hospital were explanations of the medical codes. The hospital refused. How unfair is that? And it is here where a brief history of medical codes is necessary. Originally, coding was used to keep track of causes of death and the prevention of the spread of disease, specifically among areas that spoke different languages. This system improved in the late 1800s and got better at tracking what caused diseases. By the mid-1900s, while the system continued to improve, the U.S. decided to use the system for medical billing, specifically handling Medicare and Medicaid. This helped solidify adding codes and abbreviations for all types of ailments and procedures. And lo and behold, here is the medical coding system. 
In terms of billing, it didn't take long to realize that a change of a single digit could not only change the type of treatment, but also significantly change the price. As the book demonstrates, ICD-9CM code 428 means heart failure, while code 428.21 means acute systolic heart failure, which also costs thousands of dollars more to treat. This led to medical codings thriving, since you can alter codes and make more money. Now, you can go to school and be trained for a variety of different medical coding systems, although you will probably only be trained in one system, since they are each so different and specific. To wrap up, there are some downfalls. For instance, special training and courses can be taken to learn how to make the most bang for your buck and get insurance reimbursement with medical coding. As Rosenthal indicates, one ER doctor learned that it's better to pair a patient's finger fracture code with a narcotic painkiller, which changes the medical code by one digit and ensures reimbursement. Other problems occur when codes are unnecessarily doubled. In fact, laws have been passed to prevent such practices. For example, Modifier 59, which covers the use of IVs, was doubly charged on a patient's bill, one for delivering chemotherapy and another for dehydration. Under medical code ethics, this should just be considered one service, not two. And last but not least, there are medical codes slapped onto patients' bills that are entirely unrelated. For example, one patient reflected on how his newborn son was charged for the medical code used for circumcision, although he never had a circumcision. So it begs the question, how does this stuff even happen? Well, these kinds of issues might arise due to the fact that medical coders know nothing about you, have probably never met you, and might not even work at the hospital you were treated at. They simply slap on the codes, make money, and keep feeding the monster. Now, let's be fair and remember that there are good people still out there. Many healthcare workers feel the same way we do about all this. They've been hindered by many medical coding standards too, which even require that they ask for permission to get patient subscriptions refilled or order different exams. Sometimes, the back and forth between healthcare providers and medical billing and coding authorities can take hours, stealing providers away from quality interaction with their patients. And so this has been just a little insider into medical coding and billing. When faced with these codes on your bill, it's important to request an itemized bill and see if the charges are accurate. We'll get into more solutions to all of these problems in future episodes, but for now, thank you for listening. Don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes and to subscribe to stay up to date on all the latest episodes. You've been listening to the Free State Healthcare Podcast. Podcast.